As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Father God, we thank you. We bless you. We're ready to finish out this series that we've been working on so hard. That, uh, you know, we had a few interruptions with the system, but, you know, God is yet steady pushing forward to do what he commanded he's going to do. It's amazing. You know, when the enemy always try to set a snare or a trap for you, you got to really got to be watchful because he's very deceptive in how he comes at you in such a way to make you feel that what God has given you is, has no accomplishment in where it's going. And when you really think about the cause of how the enemy, Lucifer, the deceiver, the deceptioner, the master deceptioner, how he uses the minds of weak individuals to be able to come in and try to hinder you from what God has declared you to do. You know, it's amazing how the word of God tells us that when we think about the inclements of the word in Isaiah 55, 11, he talks about how there's no weapon formed 
against you. They should prosper. Here he talks about the proceeding of the word of God, how it really designs to go forth. Now, now he really talks in the area of the presence of the Holy Spirit and how he really tells us that, that when we move forward in the things that's in our life and some of the things that try to alienate us, we got to have a solid mindset. And having a solid mindset is that you got to learn how to be focused on what you're doing. There's all kind of stuff to come off the rafters at you. There's all kind of proclivities. There's all kind of orange cones. All kinds of stones are being chunked at you. But if you understand who you are and whose you are, and if you really understand the self-worth that what you're designed to be, you really understand that the gift in you is really more than what you can see. You know, it amazes me before we get into this study, we're going to be talking about dealing with the uh, number six on the one, you know, uh, seven of the biggest snares, you know, in your life. We can call it snares. We can call them fears. But whenever something's in line, and if you know you had a new shirt, uh, maybe some new clothing or something of that nature that uh, you were wearing, all of a sudden you, you, you hooked it on a nail or something and how it caught your attention that it left a ravel and and because of the way the suit was designed, the way it was made, it pulled away from what the suit or the garment was really designed to be knitted in order with. It, it pulled the pattern out of place. And so by had pulled in the pattern out of place, it ruined the whole concept of what the suit or what the pattern was really designed to be. Y'all don't even hear me this tonight. The Word of God talks about this before we get in here. We're going to pray. We're going to open up with a mighty prayer. We're going to loose the enemy in the name of Jesus. We're going to shut down every black hole, every demonic force, every soothsaying spirit, every living liver, every negative tone. And we're going to shut that down as we go forth in this word on tonight. The Word of God decrees and it declares that when a weapon is designed, it's really not a weapon in the physical form. It's a spiritual weapon. Ephesians makes it very clear that, that that we fight not against am I there flesh and blood but he talks about the spiritual wickedness that is in high places sometimes the enemy used those right beside you the word of God brings a very strong statement over in the book of uh, Isaiah um, 55 if you ever get a chance to read it Isaiah 55 12 through 13 it talks about it wasn't a neighborhood bully you know that I could have known him because he's always been that type of person. It wasn't the one who really gossiped and talked about you that you knew all along. That was right there always. You had something negative to say about the individual. You knew that particular person, so you can expect that. But when somebody hits you off guard, and it's really the person that's right there in your circle, am I in there with anybody? It's always the one that's close to you. It really pulls the very wound and sticks you right to your heart. And the word of God declares, I would have known if it was a neighborhood bully. I would have known if it was somebody who got a rumor about how they carry themselves. But it was not them. It was the one who was on my own circle. You be careful who you allow to be beside you. You be careful who you allow into your circle. You be careful who you converse conversation with. You know, I heard Dr. J.C. Matthews, great man of God, who's doing a powerful work in the ministry out there in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, out of J.C. Matthews International. You might want to look him up. While you're looking up, you might want to purchase this book called The Paradigm Shift. And that'll help you out while you're on with that one. You might as well get the one that's called The Law of Dominion. And it really teaches you some things about how you really need to discipline yourself as being a man or woman of God. That even in the midst of destruction all around you, you really got to understand that when you're stuck in the ditch, you ought to not want to point your fingers at anybody else. See, the word of God talks about, can't we all get along? The Bible declares according to Romans 6, he said that you know, every one of us is sin. What do, we, what do we continue to sin? You can look it up. I remember if I'd rather for you to look it up. Because while you're looking at Romans chapter 6 and he talks about should you continue to sin, that grace may abound, you need to revert and go back over to Romans chapter 3. And really get a real good understanding about how the word of God said we all have ran astray. We have all lost. The word of God declares according to the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you better hear this prophet because I'm speaking to you. I don't always roll in the area of the prophetic seat. But when God loose it, it moves. That you got to understand that you're in the flesh. Galatians tell you that you ought to not think of yourself as being more high than you ought to think. Now, he didn't say you can't think high. You just ought not to think more high 
You ought to stop the pointing of the finger. The word of God declares, decrees, the reason some of you have problems in your life, the reason you have sickness in your body, all you got to do is tally right over to Isaiah 58, 8, 9, and 10. If you stop the pointing of the finger, if you stop the chewing of the very things that come out of your mouth about an individual, then God will see fit to take care of you. Matter of fact, Jeremiah makes it very clear as well. It speaks it very strongly in Jeremiah chapter 7. He talks about the people who need to mend their ways and their doings. How you need to stop coming against your brothers and sisters in such a way that you kind of think that you got a little bit more education. But I'm going to tell you something about education. You may have all the degrees you want on the wall. I got plenty of them around here, but I don't look upon them because all this is a piece of paper from a man. But the Word of God makes a very astonishing and powerful revelation of information that Paul speaks over there in the book of Corinthians. If you had your Bible, you might want to look over the book of Corinthians. You might want to take a quick peek over there. We're going to get cranked up here in a minute. We're going to be dealing with the past. But I want to touch down a little bit on a few things that we need to bring the markers up to par and bring people up to level that you ought to not think of yourself as anywhere but anything you ought to do. You made a flush just like everything else. You got the capability of sinning and doing things behind closed doors and speaking words out of your mouth like everybody else. Am I in there? The Bible said flesh and blood will not enter into the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, when you think about the walk of Jesus Christ, he said that wasn't but one person ever to walk this earth that was pure in his walk, his words, his language, and his work. And that was Jesus Christ. Now, if you line yourself up beside him and you think you're a little bit more better than he are, I heard a man of God tell me, you know, sometimes you can be so heavenly, you know, earthly good, that you continue to keep looking upon people in such a way that you want to look down on them and you try to ridicule, dehumanize, segregate, take down the work that God has put in their hands. And the word of God says, who are you? That you're going to flush just like everybody else. You're a creature just like everybody else. You got your day in the hole like everybody else. Am I in anywhere? The Bible declares, tells me, the man said Jesse Perez out there in the city of uh, Dallas over there at the Victory Outreach Powerful Ministry. He said, every soul has got to get in one size hole. That's a whole waiting for everybody. Whether you burn yourself up and get in the box, or would you just go down in the ground for the worms, as Tony Evans say. What kind of worm going to eat you when it comes down to you being laid down in the ground? Would it get your soul? Would it be separated, go in the right place? Or would it move opposite in an area that's supposed to move in? Like what happened to the rich man over in the book of Luke. When he looked upon Lazarus and he was his dogs was licking his sores and he's sitting there chewing on his turkey legs. And then it came time for separation. And then the real word came forth. And then he understood, well, you know, it's all too late now. God had already made his decision on you. But he said, you might want to get yourself right while you're still here. The prophets are here. The ministers are here. The men of God are here. I ain't saying you got to come on the subject of nobody if you don't want to. But you know, it tells me, you know, hard head makes a soft one. And if you want to keep on running out there, bumping your head against the wall, complaining about the knots on your head, then go right ahead. And me as a man of God, I can't make nobody do nothing. And I'm not going to try it. The Bible said the word convicts, it arrests. But the word of God tells me I got to go out and persuade those that they may understand the word of God in the season that they're in. That they may understand and realize that God's got a plan for life according to Jeremiah 29 11. It's more powerful than they could imagine to think of. We got to realize we got a plan for us and everything God designed for us to be is really more than what we can see. I'm going to go ahead and let this music play a while, but I want to tap into something over here in the book of Corinthians. When Paul talks about the level of education of a man and how a man thinking him being himself more than the author think. But Paul really brings them down to a level of being not. Even when we look at first Corinthians chapter three. When he begins to declare the word about Apollos and Paul. And Paul said, well, the word of God told him, y'all ain't nothing. One plants, one water. I planted Paul's water. I planted Paul's seed. I, I, I'm the one that gives the increase. So when you really understand who you are and who you belong to, you will come to immediately to submission to humbleness. That you understand God has got a plan for your life. It's really more than what you see, but you got to come under submission. Paul makes a very strong word in the book of Corinthians to the people out there in Corinth. And he begins to speak a powerful word over there in that first Corinthians around that second chapter. And he speaks over there and he said, uh, which of the princes of this world knew that they had known. Let me turn this music down. I want to get y'all to hear. I want you to hear. I want you to see something right here. 
We're talking about people who walk around and talk about their degrees, their cliques, their clubs, their titles, and their positions. And they elevate, they elevate themselves to be a little bit more high than everybody else. Ain't nothing wrong with them. You, know, you got to learn how to count. A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, whatever it is, times, geometry, whatever. That's fine. That's for you to learn here on earth. But what a God says like this in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians in that second chapter. But for it is written that eyes have not seen. Matter of fact, let me back up to the eighth verse. Come and get you to understand. Which of the princes of this world knew, if they have known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. See, them people that was fools. Them Roman soldiers had, they was ignorant. They didn't even have enough way to understand that they was clearing the very person who came to give them freedom. That they may have life and have it more abundantly. I hear people talk a lot about Judas. Judas couldn't do nothing with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus was on a mission. He came here to die. He was going to be the last sacrificial lamb. And Judas didn't help out in no way whatsoever. He, believe me, he knew what was in his back pocket. That's why you need to know what's in your back pocket. Is there a scary around? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is that somebody tormenting you and making you feel other than what God declared you to do? Is that a Jezebel? Is that an Ahab around you? You need to call it out for what it is. But it goes on over there in the eighth verse, and he talks about these princes, these men who call themselves authoritative over the very king of glory, crucified him because of what the Sanhedrin, the council, the 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 the, 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 the Pharisees, this 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 Sanhedrin councilman, they looked upon these men, and if they was really good enough to be able to crucify the Lord of glory, but Paul declares the decrees over in the second Corinthians, the verse nine, he said, but eyes have not seen. And ears have not heard, neither has it entered to the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. You know what he's actually telling you? He really brings you back over to Isaiah 55, 11. He said that every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God has got to go forth. When God declared and decreed that you got the power, according to Luke 10 and 19, that he told you according to Ephesians 1 and 21, that far above every prince and every power and every dominion and every might, not only name in this world, but everything's to come, God gave you total, total authority over everything to try to come at you. You got to realize that you're a person that's born with total authority. You guys got the power to give you total infinity. This is a life you're going to live, and it's a life you're going to lead. But I'm telling you, you got to answer the magic question. When God begins to come to you and look to your face, that's a gift I gave you, according to Jeremiah 1 and 5. What did you do with it? And what did you do with the life I gave you? When you understand Paul's writing and understand about the word of God, he looks over there in the book of 1 Corinthians, and he goes on that second chapter, and he goes in the ninth verse. He said, for it is written, eyes have not seen, and ears have not heard. And these had to enter into the heart of any man, Know the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Notice what he says in the 10th verse. He brings education to a no, he, he brings it really to nothing. He said, but it has been revealed to us unto the spirit. Look at here. The spirit searches all things. Yea, the deepest things of God. Am I in there? He said, for man knows the things of a man, 
but no man knows the things of the spirit. You need to take it back up to verse 9 because the word of God declares it makes it very clear. But eyes have not seen, and ears have not heard. I believe I'm speaking to somebody tonight. And neither has it entered the heart of any man the things that God has in store. You can get all the degrees you want. Ain't nothing wrong with you getting degrees. Ain't nothing you wrong. I ain't saying you got to be an idiot. But don't put the paper that it be a God in your life to gain authority and position to where you are. That even when God begins to go forth and begin to bless you for what it is in your life and that you're doing, he's got a plan that really supersedes far beyond more than you can imagine. We think God, God got something for you. But we got to understand and realize that now that we're in a position where God wants us to be, we got to believe and declare and decree that that's not one weapon. That's not one weapon, not one design, created, engineered against me and you that should prosper. God loves you. He cares about you. Don't fight your brothers and sisters. Lift them up in the work they're doing for the kingdom of God. Come together as the word God says in Psalms 133. How good is for men to dwell together in unity. You got to really understand where you are and whose you are. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus. That even as his word gets ready to come forth on tonight, Father God, I decree by the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit that even as I begin to move, Father God, you will declare the word to come from on high. That even as it's been sent down, Father God, let me be the conduit to speak that which you call me to be in the season which I'm in. Father God, I decree by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the authority of the divine purpose of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I'm asking you to move. I'm asking you to convict. I'm asking you to rest and shut down every negative thing that's not like God. God, I'm asking you to move, Father God, in such a way that you will mesmerize the mind of every individual. You said in your word, Father God, according to the Spirit, Father God, you have taught us everything, Father God. You said the words that the prophets spoke unto the times on today was written through the Holy Spirit. It wasn't through education. So, Father God, I'm asking you to engraft into us and bring out that which is already in us, what you designed, what you said in Jeremiah 1 and 5, before we was created, before we was born, before we was engineered, before we was put together in the mother's womb. Father God, you gave us a gift. And you told us on that gift, Father God, we're designed to be what you call ambassadors, to come from this foreign land, Father God, to come into this land was called earth to be able to know that we got the power supremacy authority and to do all that you declare us to do father god i'm asking you to move by the power of your holy spirit and i'm asking you to shut down every demonic every black hole every demon i'm asking you to sever the head of the cobra right now in the name of jesus i'm asking you to vein the demon father god to shut down every imp and every soothsaying spirit to try to speak out and that what you call this man to be and what you declared me to be in my life father god i'm asking you father god that even as a word go forth i'm asking you to orchestrate i'm asking you to move i'm asking you by your divine purpose and authority father god that you will hammer this word that it may touch the hearts of every individual visual they may know and understand and realize that it's a god in heaven and how that be thy name and let thy kingdom come father god i'm asking you to move in the name of jesus i speak the word in the life of every individual who's going through a proclivity in their life anybody who's dealing with a subvert thing i'm asking father god according to romans 12 or 2 to renew their mind father god that they may realize and understand and know that your god beside you there's no other father god i feel the holy ghost moving and i feel the very goosebumps crawling on the very skins of those who have been convicted father Father God, I'm asking you to do just what you said you're going to do according to your word, according to your purpose, according to your power. And Father God, touch this woman of God, Father God, who stands beside this mighty man of God and the very work that I'm doing. Father God, even when they look upon me, Father God, if I don't have what it takes to get an overflow from the kingdom of God, I'm asking you, Father God, make it be like a Saul who come and, give, and pour the very oil like he poured over David's head and announce me to be what I'm called to be. In the name of Jesus, I decree by the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit that even as I begin to walk alone according to the Holy Ghost, Father God, you will draw every every man father god according to the word father god your word is decreed declared according to acts 4 father god that even when a man spoke the word in acts 4 he said they laid hands on them in the name of jesus and the bible said they put them in prison but even at the midst when they began to come out of prison father god you said they yet heard the word father god and a church came to be about five thousand father god your word is decreed declared that you will be, if you be lifted up father god you will draw every man onto you everything that you gave breath Father God, let the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit begin to move. Let it curve in such a way, Father God, let it torque and twist and let it move and let everything line up according to the blood. Father God, I speak this word in the name of Jesus. I decree it, I declare it, I call it already coming to fruition, that it's a word to the third heaven, that it will not go back void, but it has already accomplished all that there is. Father God, you said your word is revelation. 
is all that's already been done. Touch the mind of the disbeliever that they may believe on this night. The notice of God in heaven and beside him there's no other. I believe in the name of Jesus, Father God. Y'all believe you're about to make a move, Father God, in this very chaos that we got going down here in the earth. And Father God, every man, woman, boy, and child that's out of order, I'm asking you to move them and line them up according to what you want them to be. These things I speak not of myself, but in the name of the most high God of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Touch my wife. Touch my children. Look over them. Protect them. Keep them. Hedge them according to your power, your grace, your mercy. Let them know that you're right there with them. And it's to you, Father God, that everything, I mean everything and all things are possible because they are true believers according to your word, your wisdom, your power, your mercy, your grace. Lord, I'm asking you to move on tonight. Even as you bring this word to my spirit, let me speak it the way you want me to speak it. You revealed in your word according to Amos 3 and 7 that you don't bring a word into the land unless it's revealed to your prophets. Father God, let me be that prophet tonight to speak the word unto your people. Not my people, but your people. I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I call it been done. I put it up, Father God. I call it as already, already gone forth. By your power, by your mercy, your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, we've been talking about this very uh, scripture over here. And uh, we've been talking about a few things about dealing with the past, you know. And how the enemy really, <clears throat> excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, how the enemy really comes to try to hold you back from what God has already declared you to be. You know, we talk about the book of Jeremiah 29 11. For those who are at the scripture and have the Bible in front of them, if you want to look there, we're going to go through this by passage because we want to make sure it's going to be a, a word that strictly comes from the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That I don't want to put myself nowhere in it, but the word of God makes it very strong. Uh, if, you flip, if you flip with me, and I want to take our time and go to this, because we're talking about the six um, uh, 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 anointing or the six a word, the six uh, n- number six in this very uh, uh, passage and this very teaching God has given me. You know, y'all was with me on last week, um, uh, and and somehow the system just it just shut down. We we didn't have no control over that. We we called about the Wi-Fi and we called about the streaming. We called about all the things we need to do. We tried everything to do on, what we need to do on our behalf. It's been, you know, ministers and men and women of God in the kingdom to know that we made every effort to bring it back online. But God held that word for a reason. And I think it was right in the middle of dealing with rejection. One of the biggest things in the body of Christ is that people go into ministries, they go into houses, they go over in these, these places of gathering and, and and we as people, as men and women, God, we treat each other so bad as Christians. And, and sometimes it leads to the hurt, the harm of some of them. And never, ever returning to the church again. And never believing. You know, it, I think it's more um, than just uh, gathering a bunch of people in the building. I think as we come together as leaders, we ought to train our men who are with us to be able to have the same heart and spirit. Uh, as Moses did with his man when he put them in position. When he was in a position he couldn't handle all the people he brought up out of Egypt, uh, God told him to bring them down to the midst of camp and he would put the same spirit on him that would, it would be on them and they would be able to line up. But we know how things happen and and how they got those men together over in the book of uh, Numbers and we know how they got right over there, looked into the promised land and uh, the word came to them to go out and spy out the land and they went and spied out the land and they bought back clusters of grapes and the word was declared to go see if it's strongholds or whether it be loosed in the name of Jesus. God wasn't really looking at the people in the land because God already gave it to them. But a rebellious report came back. In the course of that rebellious report that came back and the people began to go into uproar. They began to get, uh, uh, they began to go back into the, what they call the Egypt mentality. And they, they, they forgot the God that brought them out of the leeks and garlics from under Reverend Pharaoh. And sometimes we as men and women God in life, you know, we we, we confess the word of God. You know, it takes over in the book of uh, uh, Romans. It talks about the process that uh, we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart and that he's Lord. And God is Lord, result of everything. The Bible says we shall be saved. I mean, you can take the scripture and you can really pretty much... Uh, 
go over there and really look at the very scripture. He talks about that in the book of uh, uh, Romans 10 and 8. And he talks about what saith thou. And he's really getting you to understand that just as the people cried out of Egypt, uh, they wanted them to have a savior to come pull them out from the bondage of Reverend Pharaoh. It was done just that God gave them what the people wanted. And it's the same story when you look at the book of First Samuel. For those who read and really keep up with scripture and understand the very complex and breakdown, the variety of, of what the Holy Spirit gives you. It, it really is dealing, it's really dealing with what we're dealing with right now. You know, we talk about the election, which I don't talk about a lot, you know, and uh, I don't like to bring uh, that kind of stuff into my uh, ministry because it causes controversy among the people. I believe that uh, if they're going to vote, let them vote the way they want to vote and let God deal with the circumstances later. I don't want really to get into division. I don't like to bring politics into my ministry, into my church, but I know it's something that we talk about. And I believe there's other men of God who is put in a position to be able to handle that part. So my job is to sit back and be obedient, speak what the Lord had me to speak. But in the process of speaking about only just uh, the area that we got kind of faded off on uh, last week, and we was dealing with the area of rejection, and we kind of got cut off, and we was rolling to the area dealing with the past. These two things really run simultaneously. So when you see me talk about the past, I'm talking about rejection. And let's kind of sum those together and make it the same, you know, because we can do that. Because sometimes our past, it was, it, it, it's a rejected past. That's why I call it past, because we don't want to remember the things that Paul says over in the book of Philippians, those things which behind, you know, we don't want to think about that. And uh, as we move forward as men, man, women, God, we really want to pay close attention to our life and, and how we handle ourselves and where we're going. And, you know, that God really is going to send us in the right direction, the right trail. But we got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Word of God say that, uh, you know, in, in the book of Galatians, he talks about the division that goes on, even as being you as being men and women of God, how it brings such a, a strong controversy in our lives. Uh, he says over there in the book of Galatians to the people of Galatia that, uh, you know, in the fifth chapter, and I believe that uh, um, book of Galatians, he talks about how the 16 verse, matter of fact, in Galatians 5 and 6, if I remember me right, I don't want to get too far off course for the young pastors who are out there listening. I think it's good to stay on focus. But, you know, I like to build a platform. I like to build an argument to really get to understand how, you know, rejection can sneak its way into anyone's life, you know, by not choosing things carefully, you know, whether it be a marriage, whether it be an engagement, whatever it may be, you know, a job. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, uh, choice of automobile, home. You know, it, it can bring a lot of bitterness on you if you don't wait on the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about the process of those who wait on the Lord. You know, we read in Isaiah, uh, how he talks about that, that we would take up wings like eagles and fly. But he's really talking about the process of how when you wait on the Holy Spirit. But when you begin to wait on God, he, he attaches the things that you need that you may be led by the Spirit. This is what we speak about in the book of Galatians. He said, if you're led by the Spirit, you know, you won't be under the law. For he talks about really, when you just read the book of Galatians in that uh, fifth chapter and the sixth verse, he talks about the process for the uh, uh, walking in the spirit, you know, that you're going to feel the lust. I want to make sure we get accurate information about speaking. I mean, I like to quote it 
and that's fine, but I think that's something we got in the body of Christ with too many people quoting scriptures, but I think for people who's out there that really need to really teach and be taught and learn some things according to why I teach and what other teach, you know, to God gives each and every one to what they need. You know, it's just not, no one has the same type of teaching, the same way of teaching. God got ways he brings the word to you to really affect uh, those who are in that position to learn from whatever God, a uh, minister, or whatever apostle, uh, whatever evangelist, you know, whatever pastor, teacher there is. I think God's got everybody somewhere that they may receive the word of God. But and going back in here, and he says over the book of Galatians, now we're speaking about rejection, and we're going to be dealing with the past also. But Pastor Ellis gives a lot of information to you, and he really wants you to see how the word of God really flows, not from an educational point of view, but from the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you look at how the word is governed through a man-made doctrine, it really pulls you away from what God really designed for to be because you can't let the Holy Spirit flow like he want to. Because the word of God says, lean not to your own, but acknowledge God in all his way, then he direct your path. If we talk about the precept upon precept, that's good. We got to understand we know that stories behind what happened in Galatia from a historical point of view. But let's look at the process of the Holy Spirit in this thing. You know, we, we know that the word of God seeks something about a historical view of what happened in Galatia about the fruits of the Spirit. You know, we talk about how the word of God decrees and declares that the, the final fruits of the Spirit, you know, it talks about the love, talking about the joy, the peace, the long suffering. It talks about the gentleness, the greatness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance, and against such that is no law. That That's the power of God. But he comes back also and talks about the long term, about the other things that can affect you if you get in the, what they call the flush. Now, that's what happens when we fall into rejection. When we get into the works of the flesh, we talk about the process of adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, all these different things he speaks about over in the book of Galatia, uh, from Galatia chapter 5 to uh, from verse 19 on up to the 21st verse till he get into the real process, how you really supposed to be a man or woman of God to walk. And I heard the, uh, one of the apostles uh, in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, by the name of Oscar Walker, he talks about how you know God makes the heart before he makes the man or woman. He, he, he creates the heart. And, and, and if you're going to walk in any revelation or any part of your life in Christ, it doesn't matter what you say you are, what title you say you are. The Bible talks it very clear. He said, these things you got to have in order to walk with the power of God. Now, we're dealing with rejection and we're dealing with past. These things run simultaneously because if you don't get this together, you will run into rejection. You will run into things that will attack you from the past. And then really really getting into the seventh uh, teaching in this area, uh, dealing with the process of this, these uh, seven snares that attacks us in our life. We, we, when the seventh snare really talks about judgment, but I'm going to wait on to that. You know, I really want to deal with the process of what was cut off and rejected and deal with the past. And I don't want to be with you guys too long. It's Friday night. You want to be with your honeys, your sweetheart and all that. But uh, me and my wife, you know, we, 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 we discuss things. And, and, and she loves the way I do things to the point it don't interfere with what we have to do. Now, we're going to be going some, doing some, some things tomorrow, a Christmas lighting event and these things. My daughter's got a birthday party. And I thank God for him giving me the wisdom and knowledge how to run this system and how he developed it in me. To be able to do the work that he called me to do, that I don't have to see stuck behind this microphone all the time. I can be out and enjoy the time with my beautiful wife and my beautiful little daughter and watch her grow in the presence of God. Amen. But he talks again. I want to make myself clear here about this particular argument that I'm dealing by rejection, in the, which is the fifth part of this prayer teaching, and then talk about the process of the past. We want to make this very clear that Galatia talks about these things that uh, that if you walk in the spirit, you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, the flesh is a, is a contrary to what God says in the seventh verse, because the lust is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And the Bible talks about these are contrary. There's a division. It's an oil and water. They can't mix. Well, Pastor Ellis, how does this deal with the past? It's a lot to do with the past because the enemy, what he want to do is bring back those things that you used to be. And when you come to understand that God call you out of these very tormenting acts that come against your life physically, and he makes it very clear that he delivers you in the 22nd verse of Galatians. He talks about how the, 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 the love, the peace, the joy, the long suffering, we just we spoke about that, the faith. He wants you to have that in order to have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. See, I, I was listening to a, a prophet the other day, a powerful man of God out of India, and I, I'm not going to say his name at this time, but he's a powerful man of God. And I know he does a great work in the kingdom of God. And, and, and well, Prophet Elliot, you know, we, 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 most of you who look him up and find out that the work he does, he's a powerful man of God. And he's really walking in a very powerful prophetic office. But he talks about how, how he's so um, 
careful about grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, I listen to Dr. J.C. Matthews. I listen to Oscar Walker. I listen to Rick Kendall. Those guys, when they teach, they really teach the profound teaching of coming under the obedience and authority of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more powerful than humility and be able to come to the subject to the power of the Spirit. To let him do in your life what he needs to do. Sometimes I'm in a dark room I'm by myself, and it's like just another man is sitting there talking to me. Well, in these days and time, you speak things like that, people say you're crazy. You know, they said Paul was crazy. You know, they, they talk about that John was crazy when he was out on the island. Of, man, before he went to the island of Patmos, before the great word of John, well, I call him John the Revelator, he wrote revelations about the things that would come to pass and what we're doing right now. You know, a lot of people said in the last days, God speaks a strong word over the book of First John. And he talks about in the last days, the false prophets has come. Satan is now walking among us. The deceiver, the deceptionist is right there among us. So we spend a lot of time in prayer because I'm telling you, the enemy is on the prowl. And he's, he's out to try to bring the things that make you feel rejected. He want to make you a spectacle of God that according to Jeremiah 1 and 5, that what he put in you can't perform and do what it's designed to do. Am I in there with anybody? And I believe the devil is alive. The Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I don't know about you, but I'm calling out through the Holy Ghost. And the power of God has given me the ability to speak and declare things and call things that be not the way they were. I mean, I got total power. God called me to be like a little G because he said I got a greatness on the inside of me. According to Hebrews 12 and 2, he said he showed me how to do everything. He said he was the author and the finisher of my faith. That means whatever he done on work on here on earth, I was designed to be a disciple and walk and do the same thing he done. To lay hands on the sick and watch them begin to receive the revelation of the healing. The word of God makes a very demonstration in the book of Luke chapter 9 when he called his disciples together and he gave them total power and authority over every demonic force, every demon and every disease. Am I in there with anybody on tonight? God is trying to get you to see something that you're not walking in rejection. You walk in total power. Didn't number Luke 10 and 19 told you, behold, I have given you power. The Bible says that when you deal with rejection, you deal with the past. Anything to reject that is supposed to be behind you. That means it's been thrown out of your life. This is why Apostle Paul makes a very astonishing uh, statement over in the book of Philippians, over there in Philippians chapter 3 in the 13th verse. He makes it very clear to each and every one. He's brother, and I count myself not to be apprehended. If you want to stop and don't go all the way through the scripture, you got to understand the word apprehended. Anything that can stop you, any kind of stumbling block to put in your past and make you feel opposite what God has declared you to be. That's what the enemy job is. He told you in John 10, 10, but the revelation of John 10, 10 said he come that you may have life. Matter of fact, he said the devil come to steal, kill and destroy. He told you what his mission was. Even look in the book of Job. He told Job, Job, what goeth thou? And he asked Satan, but God asked Satan in the book of Job, Job, what, go, what, what goeth thou? And Satan said, I go, I go looking up and down. I go run up and down or to and forth. And he said, my job is to do just I'm supposed to do in John 10, 10. To kill, steal, and destroy. I'm come to bring havoc in the life of every individual. And this is amazing when you think about this. How the enemy can come in your life. An old relationship, an old boyfriend, an old incident. A thing that happened to happen in your life. Something that somebody said to you. We're coming to the holiday season. A lot of us don't even want to go sit down in front of our very relatives. Because of the very envy in the heart by something they had done to us and said to us. Oh, you better get it over with. You better get the love in your heart. You better get down on your knees and talk to God about it. Because the Bible said, according to the book of Jeremiah, over in 7, he said, don't treat your brother and sister bad. He said, you need to amend your ways in your doing. Your doing is doing the work of the kingdom of God. That's what my Bible tells me. Jeremiah makes it very clear in Jeremiah 7. He said in Jeremiah 7, matter of fact, you look at Jeremiah 7, for those who have the word, you need to really look at it and understand what he's saying. He told the prophet Jeremiah to go stand in the gates. At the Lord's house. And he said, don't even just stand it. He said, but proclaim the word, saying to the hear the word of the Lord, those that enter into these gates for worship. When you come in the house of God, you better know how you got to come in there. You might just come there for showmanship and think it's just another thing. They got this thing to come I call church flow. Well, the devil is like, ain't no flow up in here. You flow where you want to flow. We go in here to hear what the word of God has to say. That's what the word of God tells me. He ain't called it no flow. So whatever you get that little cliche from, where you make it up, you better take it and get it back where it comes from. You got too many cliches in the body of Christ. And all that stuff has been implemented into our young people to get them to believe that they can speak, speak about the house of God and the men of God anyway. There is no fear. I can remember back in the days when I was young, and I can remember some of the older guys who was on the corner was drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and doing things they weren't supposed to do. And the priest came by. Didn't no apostle come by. Didn't no bishop come back. Didn't no archbishop come back. The reverend came back. And they said, oh, we got to put our cigarettes away, man. We got to put our beer away. Here come the reverend. But the reverend began to tell me, it ain't me that you got to fear. 
it's God you got to fear because I ain't the one that got the last say so. So what are you saying, Pastor Ellis? When you realize and understand that the things you're doing in your life, you got to come to amend to yourself. You got to know that the word of God declares you got to examine your own self. You got to know the way you're doing wrong is right. Don't be so quick to point your finger at everybody else and talk about what they're doing wrong. You're so quick to try to critique somebody, but critique yourself. You know, talk about what you got wrong with you. You know, what, what's wrong with you? Is my mind right? Did Roman tell me right? Romans did tell me. Romans, what is Romans 12 and 2? He told me, you know, I'll be, what, Romans 12, 1, it really makes it strong. First, I'm calling you earnestly by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, not of a reasonable source. Now, he talks about your mindset. He said they've been unconformed in this world. In other words, don't deal with the rejected things that make you feel opposite what God has called you to be. So what is he saying? Paul brings it back to your attention again. He said, don't be apprehended by the past. Jesus came and died on the cross that you may have the right to the tree of life. That even when you do things that's not right with God, you got to be able to lay down on your knees and repent. Ask God to forgive you. Paul makes it very clear, brother, I calm myself not to be apprehended, but, 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 but not to be apprehended, but this one thing, now look what it said, but this one thing I do. In the King James Version, it's apostrophe right there. He said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. And my job is to reach forth. Anybody understand life? Life doesn't go backwards and move forward. That the Bible talks about, yea, do I walk through the shadows of the valley of death? That's some things that reach out at you. All that stuff that come at you to make you feel that you can't prosper what God called you to be. I don't care if you're so low down on the ground, somebody got to pump light down to it. We're talking about rejection right now. Now, we're going to get this thing about the past here in a minute. But we're kind of rolling the rejection and past really the same thing. If you see what I'm saying about this word over here in the book of uh, 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 Philippians about Paul saying about the process of how he counted himself not to be apprehended by the things that probably took place in his life. Now, we know what Paul was doing. Paul was a stickler of the law. He was a murderer. He murdered Christian folk. Am I in there? But God took a murderer and converted him. No, Paul said, I got to get pure revelation of where I'm going. That when I come out of this road of Damascus and I come out of this road called straight, when Ananias put his hands on me, I'm not going back to no flesh and blood. I'm going over to Arabia. I'm conferred with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to let no man deal with what I'm dealing with. I'm going to get it straight from the kingdom himself. I'm going to let God speak to me. And then when he came back, and the first person he wrote was Jesus' brother. Spoke with him. That's what he wanted to have the conversation with. Somebody that really lived in the house and how cross was. I believe he was conferring with God, with, 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 with James, about how Jesus really was as a young man and being a carpenter and how they really rejected him and his walk. And when they looked upon him, that even when he went to his hometown, he was rejected. Am I in anywhere? That people couldn't believe that he had the power to save them from the very proclivities of their life because they looked upon him as being the old person. And the word of God clearly tells me, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man to be in Christ, he's a new creature. But people going to look at you even in your family and let it look like that you ain't got what it takes. Sometimes you got to know how to shake the dust in the name of Jesus. And you got to keep it moving. You got to believe that God got a plan for your life that supersedes far beyond more than you can imagine to even think. I believe I'm speaking to somebody on the night. You may not want to hear it now, but it's a playback on this thing. You might want to get revelation of it because God is trying to get you to see where he got you. He said he put a gift in you. And with that gift is in you, it was never designed to fail. God put a fail-safe system in you. God create victories and victors. Men create failures. Am I in there? Can I say that again? God create victors of victory. Men create failures. The word of God says you ought not to lean to your own understanding. But acknowledge God in all his way. And he put the GPS system in you because he confirms the GPS system in Jeremiah 29, 11. For only I know the thought and the plan that I got for you. He said it's good and not an evil. We'll flip it to the New Testament. Even in the midst of you going forth, he declared. A As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. According to Ephesians 1 and 21, he said, For above all princes and power, not only name in this world, but everything which is to come. Well, let's switch it on back and take it on up a little bit more to Luke. He said, Behold, I've given you power. Not only just power, I gave you power to tread, to shut down every negative force to try to come against you. That you may walk with the authority and the power that I've given you. That you may go lay hands, heal the sick. You got to understand the worth that's in you. Christ put a lot in you but what he done by dying on the cross. And then you come up in here and you let somebody come to talk to you some kind of way that you ain't nothing. No, the devil is a lie. You better get your raggedy self over there somewhere and sit down. You go play with somebody else. Because I'm like this. You get on here and you start talking crazy with me on my system, I'm going to cut you clean up because I ain't got time to play games with you. You go play with somebody else. You want a toy, you go to the store and buy you one. But over here, I don't get, I don't deal with that stuff because I'm strictly about the, I'm the, the kingdom business. I'm about walking toward with the word of God. You may reject me. You may push me back. You may say things about me. But you know what? I'm just like Christ. I let it slide off my back like duck feathers. Water like duck feathers. I let it just roll off my back because I'm not worried about what you think or what you mean. As long as I'm speaking, that will say the Lord said to speak. The word of God declares and decrees. You look at the book of Jeremiah. He talk about the people who come in the house of God. I'm talking about people who make you feel rejected. Jeremiah is trying to get them to understand in Jeremiah 7. He said, don't come in the house of God or worship. And saying this is the house of the Lord. He said you ought to amend your ways in verse 3. That word amend is a powerful word. Amend your ways, not on your ways, in your doings. And then God will call you to dwell in what this place? What is that place? The holy place. That you will receive everything you need in your life. But he said don't come in there. Don't trust not in the forefront. He said don't come in with lying words. Saying the temple, the temple, the temple. Sometimes we go into the house and we go by household names. Oh the church ain't big enough. Ain't got enough people there. You know what I'm saying? It don't look as good. Man that got in the building's instructions. The, the word of God tells me, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. The word of God tells me over that book of Mark, he said every, every one of them stones going to fall. That Roman general Titus tore up some stuff from 70 AD. Now you got to look that up and really see, I think it was around 70 AD. They had some most beautiful gardens in Jerusalem. They said the wall was as beautiful like platinum gold. And they said, what beautiful structures. They looked at the wrong thing. And this is what I'm trying to get you to see. That even though the disciples was with Christ, they went and looking at the very the very uh, architects of the structure of a building, brother, seeing and knowing they got the immaculate conception walking right there with them. They gazed their eyes up on the building. Oh, it's a beautiful structure. You got all this. It got all this. It's a beautiful building. Oh, you hear him say it all the time. Oh, it's a beautiful building. You build a big old place, they'll flock to it. But you get your little hotel. Uh, get your little room, a little four, a little uh, 12 or 13 person building over there. Oh, they ain't going to come in your building because people want pleasure more than power. They want to come in for accolades, performance. And then when they come in, they don't want to put nothing about their pocket. They want all the air conditioning, want to suck up all the air, want all the lights to be on. And then they want to talk about where the money going. Am I in there anywhere? You got to understand that you got to come into the house not thinking about the temple according to Jeremiah 4. But you got to understand what he says in Jeremiah 5. For if I thoroughly amend thy ways and thy doings, if I thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, God is talking about how you put your own self in a rejectable stage. You're trying to reject somebody else. You're rejecting God by how you carry yourself. And then you find out why am I in this condition? Why am I dealing with the past? Why am my mind beating me down to the ground every night? I can't sleep. I got to take sleeping pills every night in the name of Jesus. I, got, I can't get up in the morning. You know, I look like I got polio in my body. I look like I got rigor mortis set in. You know, I, I, you know, I'm just messed up. Because why? You work all week long. You make the money. You go out there. And the first thing you do, you give it to the world. And the word of God killer tell you, bring mine right off the top. Pay me first. You don't say nothing to the IRS when they take it out your taxes out the check. But why do you want to take it from God? Why do you want to hinder and give it to him? We seek more pleasurable things than God things. I heard a man of God say something so raggedy, and he's a great man of God in terms of what the people represent him as being. He said, you got to dress like where you're going. It, well, where are you going? The Bible said, me flesh and blood won't enter the kingdom of God. No, your filthy rags. So when you come to the house of God, I don't care what you got to eat. He's in my church. I don't know about anybody else's. I don't care how you come up in there. I'm not saying you got to come in such a way that you bear things to the point that people look up on you, but I've had dope dealers, prostitutes, who ain't got but one dress, 
half of the stuff hanging all out, but people in the church gave them stuff to wear. They came as they were, surrendered their life to Christ. Some came with thongs and flip-flops, and some came with just shoes. Some came with just bag men, and they're just smelling bad. But see, look, God ain't worried about all that, because that could have been Christ walking up in the church. When you come to try to dress and impress, that ain't, that ain't what God's telling you. He didn't tell you to dress to impress. You know, I, my, I'm different, you know. Sometimes I'm in my house, you know, I like nice clothes, and I think I can dress with the best of anybody. It doesn't matter to me, you know. But I, I'm just a plain shirt. You know, I like nice jeans. I, I love shoes. I've always got some nice shoes, and I like nice shirts. But that's really sometimes all I have on when you come over my church and my Bible in my hand and minister the word of God. And I dare anyone to try to come against and say, well, you need to dress like this. Look, you go to the door because we ain't got no Pharisees up in here. We don't need all this large trilatropies and all that stuff. But if you like to dress like that, that's fine. I ain't got nothing with it. Just don't let the clothes wear you. You wear the clothes. And then when you're going there, you make them subject to under what God is saying. Because sometimes you can get too flashy that you have the people looking away from what God is saying. They're looking at you. Don't get too overdressed to the point that you come in the house and that it's a style show. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with you dressing nice, but watch yourself. Watch yourself before people start giving you praise about what you have on, what, what God wants you to have on. The Bible talks about the past. Paul speaks about that very strongly. I can't let nothing apprehend me for the work that I'm going to do for the kingdom of God. I got to forget those things in my past. I was a stickler of the law, but now I'm transferred them chains. I had some stumbles, but I'm yet moving forward. I got to reach forth unto those things which are before me. The Bible said, even in my midst of my proclivities, all the negative things they're saying about me, I got to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm on my way to somewhere. I may stumble on the way, but I'm keeping my mind focused. I'm keeping my eyes focused. I'm keeping my mind focused. I'm all lined up because I know where I'm going. The Bible declares, according to Philippians 3 and 15, he said, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus perfect, be thus minded. If anything be otherwise minded, God should reveal even this unto you. Notice how he said it. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. This is how he's saying. But thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise. Get your mind right. Romans tells you that. Romans 12 and 2. Get your mind right. If you got any other mind walking what he said in verse 14. You better get out. You better go check yourself. As they say you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because this ain't no what you need to play at. This is not a playground. This is where you come to live your life in this life that you may have the opportunity of the supernatural life and the life to come. The Bible says in verse 16, I'm going to get out here on you guys. Nevertheless, where to we have already obtained? Why did he say we already obtained? Everything God has already given you is according to Jeremiah 1 and 5. It was already in you. So let us walk by the same rules. What is the rules? He tells us about the rules. The law is not in place anymore, but it's the law of the spirit. That's why he tells you in Galatians, don't walk after the flesh. That's a law. That's living in the area of what we call the, 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 the natural man. But now we're walking as a supernatural man. Let us be what? Let us let us mind the same things. That is the Ten Commandments. If anybody understand the Ten Commandments, you know the rules and regulations of the Ten Commandments. The first part of the Ten Commandments were the first five parts of the Ten Commandments. But well, let me just say it like this. The Ten Commandments don't save you, but because you save, you might ought to want to obey them. Am I in there anywhere? Let me break it down a little bit more. You can come out here and drive your car up and down the street as long as you want to. You can work in any kind of business or organization. As long as you abide by the handbook that's there. Did I say that right? Jesus said in the kingdom of God, the handbook is the Ten Commandments. First five commandments says you got to learn how to get along with me. First of all, you can't say you love me and then hate the one who I created. The second five commandments deal with the process of us getting along with mankind. It's for us won't be running astray with one another and learn how we need to treat one another. But the word of God declares once again over there in verse 16. Nevertheless, whereto we have already obtained. God already gave us the information of what we need to have. Let us walk by the same rules. Let us mind the same things. He talks about brother 
Be fellow together. Be, be followers together. Like I say, brother, be followers together. Be as one. You know, in, in Psalms 133, Aaron talks about that. How good is for men to dwell together in unity. He really gives a demonstration how we should compare ourselves. He said, for the oil flows down Aaron's head, down his beard. He talking about right down the center. Down his beard, down his garment. A straight flow. Nothing out of line. That's the way the blood is. The blood will never go out in the opposite direction. It's always going to line up according to the word of God and what's to put in place. Didn't he say it? My word will not go back void. What did he say? I exalt my word above my name. Everything that you see and everything that you have and everything you walk on was created by the word. By the word. Am I in there anywhere? If you don't believe me, read it and really study it hard. The very house you live in was created by God who created the mind of a man to make it. The very job you had was created by the mind of a man to be able to be able to build that job, to make the very policy in place that you to make the money to take care of what a man made. Your house, your car, your home, your clothes. Now I better get out of there because I'm going to lose y'all there because I got you to understand something. It's plain. It's right before your place. Jesus declared the decree. Now I'm out of here. Brethren, be followers together of me, not anybody else. He said, of me. And mark them which walk so as ye have used for in what example. You got to be example. You can't be coming to the house and bitter and sweet coming out of your same fountain. I love the Lord today, but I'm going to cuss you out and talk about you tomorrow. I'm going to get on the internet and put all these different things about you that ain't right. But then I'm going to put a bunch of, I'm, I'm going to put some stuff back and put a bunch of posters up here about how I love the Lord. But I'm going to bite your head off in the next few minutes. I'm going to call you all kind of names. And I'm going to talk about you. But I'm going to turn back around and I'm going to tell you I love you. Well, God is good. Well, I'm blessed and highly faithful. All right? Are you? People don't understand. The devil gives blessings too. But you got to watch yourself. The Bible said, be careful for nothing. Be careful. But do all things that prayer and supplications that will of God be known in your life. You got to know who you are. And you got to know whose you are. God says, I'm a very present help, Psalm 46, and a very present time of need. God bless you. God keep you. Don't forget to join me on tomorrow morning at 1030 here at Harvest New Life Church and Harvest New Life Studios where we actually have the Psalms report. And for those who want to come into the show, you want to go to Spreaker.com. If you go to Spreaker.com, you want to go to the search bar and you want to put in Charles Ellis. Now, the show you want to choose is a picture of my studio. And uh, once you click on that, it should bring you live right into the show. Of course, Sunday is our 945, which is uh, by my beautiful wife, called Pastor Patty Ellis. And then you got the 1145, where we both team up together. And then we got the 145 show with my young daughter, Marcella, who does the stories uh, with the young kids and talking about the things, how they need to really walk as young children and be obedient to their parents. So God bless you. God keep you. Father God, we thank you for this word, this illuminated word in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the minds and the hearts that sit around and enjoy the word on tonight, that it be revelation in their heart, that it may touch them and hold them and keep them. In such a way, Father God, that they will reveal that which come from the kingdom of God, that they may know, Father God, they are called to be ambassadors. Teach them about a prayer, Father God, that everything you declare in their life is through the will that you declared us to have and be able to be obedient to what you have given us. Father God, we speak these things not of ourselves, but of the power of the Most High God. I decree and I declare I put this word to the third, Father God, that it be a word that would not come back and it shall not, but it has already accomplished that and that. And Father God, for thank you. I thank you, Lord, for using me as being your uh, servant on tonight to speak the word to your people. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.